Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Who Knows. My name is Chris and I am the reader for your enjoyment today. Uh, It's been a while. I have been dealing with some family matters and uh, took a really long trip with my sister. So uh, it's a pretty eye-opening experience, a lot of fun. I definitely encourage anybody who would like to travel to do that because there's nothing like it. Doesn't matter where you go, go somewhere new, go somewhere you've never been, check it out. I promise you won't regret it. Um, read a, a book on uh, the way up there, which is really cool. It's a book that I found just kind of in my travels and. I like to do that. If I see a book that I like, I will definitely purchase it and uh, read it. So this one was called Illusions, The Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah. um, By Richard Bach. Uh, It's a really good book. You have to to check it out if you um, have time. And there's a little... You turn to a page. I just turn to a random page in here, and they always have these things that I do that kind of guide me. So one of the passages in this book says, Argue for your limitations, and sure enough, they are yours. So that's just the kind of stuff you're going to be reading in that. I might read it on here. I'm not sure. Um, We'll see. It could be. I want to finish these other two books that I've got going on right now. Um... Which, we're going to get right into that one. We are on The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Yourself by Michael A. Singer. And we are on Chapter 10, Stealing Freedom for Your Soul. The prerequisite to true freedom is to decide that you do not want to suffer anymore. You must decide that you want to enjoy your life and that there is no reason for stress, inner pain, or fear. Every day we bear a burden that we should not be bearing. We fear that we are not good enough or that we will fail. We experience insecurity, anxiety, and self-consciousness. We fear that people will turn on us, take advantage of us, or stop loving us. All of these things burden us tremendously. As we try to have open and loving relationships, And as we try to succeed and express ourselves, there is an inner weight that we carry. This weight is the fear of experiencing pain, anguish, or sorrow. Every day we are either feeling it or we are protecting ourselves from feeling it. It is such a core influence that we don't even realize how prevalent it is. When Buddha said that all of life is suffering, this is what he was referring to. People do not understand how much they are suffering because they have never experienced what it is like to not suffer. To put this into perspective, perspective, imagine what it would be like if neither you nor anyone else you know has ever been healthy. Everyone has always had major ailments so acute that they can hardly get out of bed. In this world, nothing gets done and that can't be nothing gets done that can't be done near the bedside. If that were the case, then people wouldn't know anything different. They would have to use all their energy just to drag their bodies along, and there would be no concept or understanding of health and vitality. 
That is exactly what is going on with the mental and emotional energies that make up your psyche. Your inner sensitivities expose you to a minute-to-minute constant situation in which you are suffering to one degree or another. You are either trying to stop suffering, controlling your environment to avoid suffering, or worrying about suffering in the future. This state of affairs is so prevalent that you don't see it, just as the fish doesn't see the water. You only notice that you're suffering when it gets worse than usual. You admit you have a problem when it gets so bad that it actually begins to affect your everyday behavior. But in truth, you are having constant issues with your psyche during your normal daily life. To truly see this, compare your relationship with your mind to your relationship with your body. Under normal, healthy situations, you are not thinking about your body. You just go about your business walking, driving, working, and playing without focusing on it. You only think about your body when there is a problem. In contrast, you think about your psychological well-being all the time. People are constantly thinking things like, What if I get put on the spot? What should I say? I get so nervous if I'm not prepared. That is suffering. That constant anxious inner talk is a form of suffering. Can I really trust him? What if I expose myself and I get taken advantage of? I don't ever want to go through that again. That is the pain of having to think about yourself all the time. Why do we have to think about ourselves all the time? Why are so many thoughts about I, me, and mine? Look how often you think about how you're doing, whether you like things or not, and how to rearrange the world to please yourself. You think like this because you're not okay inside, and you're constantly trying to make yourself feel better. If your body had not been okay for a very long time, you'd find yourself constantly thinking about how to protect it and how to make it feel better. This is exactly what is going on with your psyche. The only reason that you think about your psychological well-being so much is because it has not been okay for a very long time. It's actually quite fragile in there. Just about anything can upset the psyche. To end suffering, you must first realize that your psyche is not okay. You must then acknowledge that it does not have to be that way. It can be healthy. It is truly a gift just to realize that you don't have to put up with or protect your psyche. You don't have to constantly be mulling over what you said or what this person thinks of you. What kind of life are you going to live if you have to worry about these things all the time? Inner sensitivity is a symptom of non-well-being. It's the same as when the body sends pain or displays or the body sends pain or displays other symptoms when it's not well. Pain is not bad, it's how the body talks to you. When you overeat, you get a stomach ache. When you do something that puts too much stress on your arm, it starts to hurt. The body is communicating through its universal language, pain. Your psyche is communicating through its universal language, fear. Self-consciousness, jealousy, insecurity, and anxiety, they are all fear. If you mistreat an animal, it becomes afraid. This is what happened to your psyche. This is what has happened to your psyche. You have mistreated it by giving it a responsibility that is incomprehensible. Just stop for a moment and see what you have given your mind to do. You said to your mind, I want everyone to like me. I don't want anyone to speak badly of me. I want everything I say and do to be acceptable and pleasing to everyone. I don't want anyone to hurt me. I don't want anything to happen that I don't like. And I want everything to happen that I do like. Then you said, now mind, figure out how to make every one of these things a reality, even if you have to think about it day and night. And of course, your mind said, I'm on the job, I will work on it constantly. Can you imagine somebody trying to do that? 
The mind has to try to make it so that everything you say is said the right way, taken the right way, and has the right effect on everybody. It has to make sure that everything you do is interpreted interpreted, and seen the right way, and that nobody does anything that hurts you. It has to make sure that you get everything you want, and that you don't ever get what you don't want. The mind is constantly trying to give you advice about how to make it all okay. That is why the mind is so active. You gave it an impossible task to do. It's equivalent to expecting your body to lift trees and scale mountains in a single jump. Your body would get sick if you kept trying to make it do things it was incapable of doing. This is what has broken the psyche. The signs of the body breaking are pain and weakness. The signs of the psyche breaking are underlying fear and incessant neurotic thought. At some point, you have to wake up and acknowledge that you have a problem inside. Just watch and you'll see that your mind is constantly telling you what to do. It tells you to go here but not there, and to say this but not that. It tells you what to wear and what not to wear. It has never stopped. Wasn't it that way in high school? Wasn't it that way in junior high and elementary school? Hasn't it always been that way? This act of constantly worrying about yourself is a form of suffering. But how do you fix this? How do you get it to stop? Most people try to fix their inner problems by getting better at the same external games they have always played. If we take a snapshot of our inner problems, we will see that each person has what we'll call the problem of the day. This is the thing that is bothering them the most at any given moment. When the current problem isn't bothering them, then the next one pops up. And when that one isn't bothering them, the next one pops up. That is what your thoughts are about. Your thoughts tend to focus on what is bothering you today. Your thoughts are about the problem. Why is it bothering you and what can you do about it? If you don't do something about this, it will go on for the rest of your life. What you'll see is that your mind is always telling you that you have to change something outside in order to solve your inner problems. But if you are wise, you won't play this game. You'll realize that the advice your mind is giving you is psychologically damaged advice. Your mind's thoughts are disturbed by its fears. Of all the advice in the world that you do not want to listen to, it is the advice of a disturbed mind. Your mind actually misleads you. Suppose it tells you, if I could just get that promotion, then I'd be fine. I'd feel good about myself and I could get my life back together. Have you found that to be true? After you get that promotion, does that end all your insecurities and leave you financially satisfied for the rest of your life? Of course not. All that happens is that the next problem comes to the surface. Once you see this, you realize the mind has a serious underlying problem, and what it's doing is making up external situations that might make things more comfortable, but the external situations are not the cause of the inner problem, they are merely an attempt to solve the problem. For example, if you feel loneliness and insufficiency within your heart, it's not because you haven't found a special relationship, that did not cause the problem. That relationship is your attempt to solve the problem. All you're doing is trying to see if a relationship will appease your inner disturbance. If it doesn't, you'll try something else. The fact is, however, external changes are not going to solve your problems because they don't address the root of your problem. The root problem is that you don't feel whole and complete within yourself. If you don't identify the root properly, you will seek someone or something to cover it up. You will hide behind finances, people, fame, and adoration. If you try to find the perfect person to love and adore you, and you manage to succeed, then you have actually failed. You did not solve your problem. All you did was involve that person in your problem. That is why people have so much trouble with relationships. 
You begin with a problem inside yourself and you try to solve it by getting involved with somebody else. That relationship will have problems because your problems are what cause the relationship. It is also easy to see once you step back and dare to look at it honestly. Now that we've seen what failure looks like, let's define success. Success regarding your psyche is comparable to health regarding your physical body. Success means you never have to think about your psyche again. A naturally healthy body is one that just does what it's supposed to do while you're going about your business. You never have to think about it. Likewise, you should never have to figure out how to be okay, or how not to be scared, or how to feel loved. You should not have to devote your life to your psyche. Imagine what fun life would be if you didn't have those neurotic personal thoughts going on within you. You could enjoy things, and you could actually get to know people instead of needing them. You could just live your experience your life, live and experience your life, instead of trying to use life to fix what's wrong inside of you. You are capable of achieving that state. It's never too late. Your current relationship with your psyche is like an addiction. It is constantly making demands of you, and you have devoted your life to serving these demands. If you want to be free, you have to learn to treat it like any other addiction. For example, drug addicts are capable of stopping their drug use, going through withdrawals, and never doing drugs again. Maybe it isn't easy, but they are capable. The same thing is true of the addiction to the psyche. You are capable of seizing the absurdity of listening to the perpetual problems of your psyche. You can put an end to it. You can wake up in the morning, look forward to the day, and not worry about what will happen. Your daily life can be like a vacation. Work can be fun. Family can be fun. You can just enjoy all of it. That does not mean you don't do your best. You just have fun doing your best. Then at night, when you go to sleep, you let it all go. You just live your life without getting uptight and worried about it. You actually live life instead of fearing or fighting it. You can live a life completely free from the fears of the psyche. You just have to know how to do it. Let's take smoking as an example. It is not hard to understand how to stop smoking. The key word is stop. It really doesn't matter what patches you use. When it is all said and done, you simply must stop. The way you stop smoking is to stop putting cigarettes in your mouth. All the other techniques are just ways that you think will help, but the bottom line is all you have to do is stop putting cigarettes in your mouth. If you do this, it's guaranteed that you will stop smoking. You use the same technique to get out of your psychological mess. You just stop telling your mind that its job is to fix your personal problems. This job has broken the mind and disturbed the entire psyche. It has created fear, anxiety, and neurosis. Your mind has very little control over this world. It is neither omniscient nor omnipotent. Omniscient, sorry, nor omnipotent. It cannot control the weather and other natural forces, nor can it control all people, places, and things around you. You have given your mind an impossible task by asking it to manipulate the world in order to fix your personal inner problems. If you want to achieve a healthy state of being, stop asking your mind to do this. Just relieve your mind of the job of making sure that everyone and everything will be the way you need them to be so that you can feel better inside. Your mind is not qualified for that job. Fire it and let go of your inner problems instead. You can have a different relationship with your mind. However, it starts up telling you that you should, what you should or shouldn't do in order to get the world to match your pre preconceived concepts. Don't listen. It's just like when you try to stop smoking. Regardless of what your mind says, you don't pick up a cigarette and put it in your mouth. 
It doesn't matter if it's just after dinner. It doesn't matter if you get anxious and you feel the need. It doesn't matter what the reason is. Your hand simply does not touch cigarettes anymore. Likewise, when your mind starts telling you that you have to do what you have to do to make everything inside okay, don't buy into what it's telling you. The truth is, everything will be okay as soon as you are okay with everything. And that's the only time everything will be okay. All you have to do is stop expecting the mind to fix what's wrong inside of you. That is the core, the root of it all. Your mind is not the guilty party. In fact, your mind is innocent. The mind is simply a computer, a tool. It can be used to ponder great thoughts, solve scientific problems, and serve humanity. But you, in your lost state, told it to spend its time conjuring up outer solutions for your very personal inner problems. You are the one who is trying to use the analytical mind to protect itself, to protect yourself from the natural unfolding of life. By watching your mind, you will notice that it is engaged in the process of trying to make everything okay. Consciously remember that this is not what you want to do and then gently disengage. Do not fight it. Do not ever fight your mind. You will never win. It will either beat you now or you will suppress it and it will come back and beat you later. Instead of fighting the mind, just don't participate in it. When you see the mind telling you how to fix the world and everything, everyone in it, in order to suit yourself, just don't listen. The key is to be quiet. It's not that your mind has to be quiet. You be quiet. You, the one inside watching the neurotic mind, just relax. You will then naturally fall behind the mind because you have always been there. You are not the thinking mind. You are aware of the thinking mind. You are the consciousness that is behind the mind and is aware of the thoughts. The minute you stop putting your whole heart and soul into the mind as if it were your savior and protector, you will find yourself behind the mind watching it. That's how you know about your thoughts. You are in there watching them. Eventually, you will be able to just sit there quietly and consciously watch the mind. Once you reach that state, your problems with the mind are over. When you pull back behind the mind, you, the awareness, are not involved in the process of thinking. Thinking is something you watch the mind do. You are just in there, aware that you are aware. You are the indwelling being, the consciousness. It is not something that you have to think about. You are it. You can watch the mind being neurotic and not get involved. That is all you have to do to unplug the disturbed mind. The mind runs because you are giving it the power of your attention. Withdraw your attention and the thinking mind falls away. Begin with the little things. For example, somebody says something to you that you don't like, or worse yet, doesn't acknowledge you at all. You are walking along and you see a friend. You say hello to them, but they just keep walking by. You don't know if they didn't hear you or if they actually ignored you. You aren't sure if they're mad at you or what's going on. Your mind starts going mile a minute. Good time for a reality check. There are billions of people on this planet and one of them didn't say hello to you. Are you saying that you can't handle that? Is that reasonable? Use these little things that happen in daily life to free yourself. In the above example, you simply choose not to get involved in the psyche. Does that mean that you stop your mind from going around in circles trying to figure out what's going on? No. It simply means that you are ready, willing, and able to watch your mind create its little melodrama. Watch all of its noise about how hurt you are and how could anybody do that. Watch the mind try to figure out what to do about it. Just marvel at the fact that all of this is going on inside simply because someone didn't say hello to you. It's truly unbelievable. Just watch the mind talk and keep relaxing and releasing. Fall behind the noise. Just keep doing this with all those little things that come up each day. 
It is a very private thing you do inside yourself. You will soon see that your mind is consciously driving you crazy over nothing. If you don't want to be like that, then stop putting energy into your psyche. That is all there is to it. If you follow this path, the only action you ever have to take is to relax and release. When you start to see this stuff going on inside, you just relax your shoulders, relax your heart, and fall back behind it. Do not touch it. Do not get involved in it. And do not try to stop it. Simply be aware that you are seeing it. That is how you get out. You just let it go. Begin this journey to freedom by regularly reminding yourself to watch the psyche. This will keep you from getting lost in it. Because the addiction to the personal mind is a major one, you must set up a method to remind yourself to watch. There are some very simple awareness practices that only take a second to do, yet will help you stay centered behind the mind. Every time you get into your car as you're settling into the seat, just stop. Take a moment to remember that you're spinning on a planet in the middle of empty space. Then remind yourself that you're not going to get involved in your own melodrama. In other, words, in other words, let go of what is going on right then and remind yourself that you don't want to play the mind game. Then, before you get out of your car, do the same thing. And if you really want to stay centered, you can also do this before you pick up the phone or open a door. You don't have to change anything. Just be there, noticing that you notice. It's like taking inventory. Just check on what's going on, heart, mind, shoulders, etc. Set up trigger points in everyday life that will help you remember who you are and what's going on inside. These practices create moments of centered consciousness. Eventually you will have persistently centered consciousness. Persistently centered consciousness is the seat of self. In this state you are always conscious of being conscious. There is never a time when you're not totally aware. There is no effort. There's no doing anything, you're just there, aware that thoughts and emotions are being created around you while the world unfolds before your senses. Ultimately, every change in your energy flow, whether it's agitation of the mind or shifts in the heart, will be what reminds you that you are back, where, back there noticing. Now, what used to hold you down becomes what wakes you up, but first you have to get quiet enough so that it's not so reactive in there. These trigger points will help remind you to remain centered. Eventually, it will become quiet enough so that you can simply watch the heart begin to react and let go before the mind starts. At some point in the journey, it all becomes heart, not mind. You will see that the mind follows the heart. The heart reacts way before the mind starts talking when you are conscious. When you are conscious, the shifts of energy in your heart cause you to instantaneously be aware that you are back up there noticing. The mind doesn't even get a chance to start up because you let go at the heart level. Now you are on your way. The very thing that was holding you now, holding you in is now helping you out. You have to use all energies to your advantage. This path of letting go allows you to free your energies so that you can free yourself. Right in the midst of your daily life, by unearthing yourself from the bondage of your psyche, you actually have the ability to steal freedom from your soul, freedom for your soul. This freedom is so great, it has been given a special name, liberation. That's pretty good. I like that last part. Alright, let's see. Um, every time you get into your car, as you're settling into the seat, just stop. Take a moment to remember that you're spinning on a planet in the middle of an empty space. Then remind yourself that you're not going to get involved in your own melodrama. In other words, let go of what is going on right then and remind yourself that you don't want to play the mind game. Then, before you get out of your car, do the same thing. 
And if you really want to stay centered, you can also do this before you pick up the phone or open a door. You don't have to change anything, just be there noticing that you notice. It's like taking inventory. Just check out what's going on, heart, mind, shoulders, etc. Set up trigger points in everyday life that help you remember who you are and what's going on inside. That's really good. I'm going to have to keep doing that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if um, anybody, any of you that has been listening to all the stuff that I've been doing, um, if you have started noticing your inner voice and you're keeping inventory of it, um, but I have definitely been doing it a lot more lately, and um, I need to practice more, I think, at... um, setting up those trigger points that it was just talking about but I do remind myself pretty often about my thoughts um and it has helped me a lot recently it's it's helped me so much um especially with the 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 family loss and everything it's just a good it's working out really well so I hope you guys are trying to do that too I'm a lot happier um a lot less shit bothers me um, even just like small arguments that you have in your head they, they, they're, they're starting to disappear so but I do notice them um, so yeah that was a good chapter chapter 10 um, of the untethered soul thanks for stopping by and uh, keep checking back I'll have some new episodes up here Alright, later!